which has been sunk, it touched my heart. I was happy to, to hear the singers saying that they trusted, I mean they decided to build their life on the love of God simply because it's a very strong foundation. It is very true. It's a very strong foundation. The love of God. David wondered one time when we read the book of Psalms chapter 8 from number 4. He wondered about the love of God to a man. David said, who is, who is the man that God is so mindful of him? Who is the son of man that God loves him so much? He made him a little lower than the angel. And he made him rule all over his creation. The love of God. We are so lucky to be human beings. God loves us, my brothers and sisters. God loves us. We are beloved one of our God. And you say, I didn't wonder from the beginning, I've been seeing God showing his love towards a man. You remember when Adam sinned against God, he ran away from him. But God looked for a man. It's always God has been looking for a for a sinful man, not a man looking for God. God looked for him and said, Adam, Adam, where are you? What about the Israelites? They were so stubborn to God, so stubborn. But God he kept on looking for them. He kept on saving them. He kept on showing his love practically. Thank you, thank you for building your life on the love of God. It is a very strong foundation. And may the Lord simply bless you. Bless you so much. My name is Zimatov uh, Muhammad. I'm a Ugandan by nationality. Uh, I live in Uganda permanently. I'm a born again Christian. I'm married to my wife. And I'm a father of eight children. <coughs> yes. But I don't care if more comes. God <laughs> <laughs> is good. My first born is my first born is twenty seven, and the last born is nine. My first born is a doctor. She lives in the, in, in the United States, in the United States, in New York. And uh, my last born lives in Ghana. I'm um, a teacher, myself by profession, as I did Bachelor of Science in Education. And, uh, I worked as a pastor, uh, served as a pastor for a couple of years. And this was uh, from 2001 and 2013. At this moment, I work for, for the United Nations in East and Central Africa as a protective officer and my role is to negotiate for peace, peace talk.
it's all about pistol, all about pistol. I've been here for a couple months, two and a half, almost three, and I'll be going back home um, on the first August, which is next Thursday. God has put something on my heart, which uh, I want to share with you, and I will be very careful in my accent. I spent three years in South Africa before I had proceeded to the United Kingdom where I did my master's for two years. The three years in South Africa, I worked as a teacher in the state school in the place called Soweto, teaching physics and mathematics. So when I worked for, taught for one week, one of the students came to me and said, look, you are a teacher. Master, in Africa we call teacher, sometimes we call teachers master or teacher. Then she said, Master, I haven't had anything that you talked about for the week. I said, Why? Well, you are too fast. You are too fast. Oh, I felt sorry. I felt very bad. And uh, I realized how useless I was to the entire school for the week. Then, following week, I tried to slow down. Then, at the end of the second week, I called the same girl. I said, look here, how is it going? I said, Master, it's very okay now. I can now understand your mathematics and physics. Simply because you are a bit slow, so I will try to be careful in my accent, so that we can understand each other correctly. Because I feel what God has put on my heart to share with you, it's very, very important for the expansion uh, of his kingdom. Do you have a Bible with you? Do you have a Bible with you? No. We have a Do me a favor by, by reading for me Matthew chapter 16. Hmm. Number 13 to 19. It is the first book in the New Testament. Peter's confession to Christ. 
when Jesus came to the region of Sarah uh, Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. That's it. More. Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gate will not overcome it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. Father, one thing for your words. Please help us to, to understand in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, and we all say, Amen. Pastor Andy, thank you for the opportunity, uh, and the entire leadership stand before you guys. And what I want to share with you, I'll just ask you to lend me your ears, because it's something very, very important. And uh, what I want to share with you is the two important expectations of God from the Son of Man, anyway. Just like when you, you are married, just like me, when I met my wife, she's my wife. I love her. But uh, I do expect some stuff from her. You know what I mean? I have some expectations. There are so many things which I'm expecting from my wife. Take an example of loving me. I'm expecting my wife to love me. What about giving a good care of me? I'm expecting my wife to give a good care of me. What about being faithful unto me? I'm expecting my wife to be faithful unto me. So there are some expectations. Many expectations. expectations. It's the same uh, to God when He called us. He called us purposely, not aimlessly. He had a purpose for why He called us. So, there are some stuff which is expected from us anyway. And I want to share with you only about two, the important ones. There are so many, but I'm going to share with you about two important expectations from God. And the expectation number one is acknowledgement. The God whom we believed, Jesus, the Son of God, who came all the way from heaven, on the face of this earth, 
and ended up on the cross. He rose on the third day and he ascended up heaven. He wanted to be acknowledged by us. He's expecting us to acknowledge him, to understand him, and to know him. He wants to be acknowledged. He wants to be known. And he wants to be understood. It's one of his expectations to us. As he was walking one time with his disciples, he said, look here, guys. He used to walk around. He go to Sydney, to Brisbane, Different states, you talk to people. What do they say about me? Who is me to them? Do they understand me? Tell me something. You used to hear people talking about me. What do they say about me? Who is me to them? They had, they had different ideas. They had different ideas about him. I noticed something, brothers and sisters, that Christians, we Christians, a big percentage actually doesn't know exactly who is Jesus and why we had to come on the face of this earth. the church everywhere that knows exactly why Jesus came on the face of this earth and why that person has to be in the church. I noticed the many years that have been in the ministry, the many years that have ministered in great countries, in Africa, in Europe, in the United States, the many years that have been in the ministry, I noticed something. There are so many people who go in the church simply because they want a company, which is not bad, because a human being wants a company. There are so many people who enter the church simply because they don't want to annoy others, which is okay, simply because it's not good also to annoy someone. There are so many people who enter the church simply because they are entertainment. What is still okay? Because we need entertainment. And there are so many people who enter the church simply because they want to get some stuff which Jesus promised them, which Jesus will give and them. That's where the main problem comes from. because they want Jesus to heal them of their sickness and illness. There are many people who are Christian today. Why do I do? Simply because they want to get cars, they want to get uh, beautiful women, they want to get beautiful husbands and handsome husbands, they want to build big houses, they want proper countries, they want to get stuff which Jesus had to bring right from heaven.
me tell you something, brothers and sisters. I believe without doubt and from the bottom of my heart and by the scriptures that the reason for why Jesus came from heaven on the face of this earth was to reconcile us with our Father. It's the people making very clear that our sin separated us with Him. Jesus came to bring us back to our Father, which He did, and now we enjoy His kingdom. Actually, the kingdom, I noticed also, Pastor, something that uh, there are so many Christians who doesn't know that we are already in the kingdom of our Father. Many, many Christians who doesn't know that we are already in the kingdom of our Father, where Jesus ruling over us. The Christians who believe that uh, the kingdom of God is the place which God heaven is, uh, of course not. <coughs> it's very true that there is a place called heaven where we will go and be with our Father, but that will be just our destination. This will be just a destination. The kingdom of God is already here. It's within me and it's within you. It's only a matter of allowing Jesus to rule over you. Because he's a king. The Bible calls him king of kings and lord of lords. Can a king be without subjects? Of course not. Today, the Church of Christ is suffering something, and this is the wrong stuff, the wrong, wrong teachings, which has entered in the church, very commonly in the United States and also in Africa. I don't know what is common here in Australia, and this is the teaching of, about prosperity, whereby uh, the preachers try to make us believe that Jesus came on the face of this earth to give us cars, to give us money, to give us businesses, so that we can travel countries, to give us uh, buildings, to give us stuff. Of course not. Jesus did come on the face of this earth to give us all of those kind of stuff. People had houses before Jesus had come. <laughs> Many men had mighty beautiful women before Jesus. The Bible talks of Sarah, the wife of Abraham, that she was beautiful. It was before Jesus had come. I hundred percent believe in the regular sense of our Lord Jesus Christ, such as the killing of the body, because he did many of them. He performed sense miracles and wonders. And the Bible tells us that he's the same yesterday. Forever it changes not. It means that whatever I did in the ages past, they can still do the same. They do the same. But I call them bonuses. They are all bonuses. Bonuses. All desire. Sometimes I call them desire. Desire is something served after the main meal. <laughs> something which we needed most today. Jesus did it right on the cross when he died for us. 
The Bible says that the weight of sin is death. You and I deserve the death. Brother and sister, we deserve the death. I want to remind you, we deserve the death. But Jesus died in our cross. I mean in our place. He died on the cross in our place. So, what we needed most to the human beings, it was this long time ago. Actually, there is no reason why human beings should go to hell. There is no even reason. Actually, someone said that it is very, it is very difficult for human beings to enter hell. It is easier for a human being to enter the kingdom of God. Simply because you don't need to struggle for, for the kingdom. Someone will struggle in your place. But for hell, one will struggle for it. By the way, hell wasn't made even for humans. It was made for Satan and his fallen angels. So a human being who will end up in hell, it will be like his decision. Praise be the name of Jesus. Jesus asked his disciples, just tell me, tell me, what does people say about me? What is me to them? They had different ideas. Totally different ideas. Totally different ideas. Then he turned to them, what about you? What about you? What about you? What about you? What about me? What about you? Who is he? Who is he? Who is he? So it is very sad today. It is very sad today. Christianity is the largest religion in the world. It is the largest. When you talk about Christianity, we mean all the Christian stuff, sects, Catholic, Anglican, whatever, Baptist, Pentecostal Christianity as a, a faith is the largest region in the world. But it is sad uh, today to be that it is not the fastest growing now. Islam grows more than Christianity today. And you know why? Many of us Christians, we are not exactly sure who is Jesus and the reason why Jesus had to come on the face of this earth. I want to challenge you and remind you, brothers and sisters, that the reason why Jesus came on the face of this earth was to reconcile us with our Father. Our sin, our sins had separated us from Him. Then here Jesus died in our place. He spanned this, you know, He switched the gap. Now we are free to walk the presence of our Father. God is expecting us to acknowledge Him, to understand Him, we as Christians. To be knowing exactly a person in whom we are dealing with and the reason why we had to come on the face of this earth. If we happen to acknowledge and understand him, there 
shall enjoy all the advantages of being a child of him. But if we happen not to understand, we shall keep on suffering in Christianity, within Christianity. Within Christianity. Lack of acknowledgement, lack of understanding Jesus, it results in suffering greatly in Christianity. Do you know why? You keep on crying, you keep on doubting. Actually, there is something which a church suffering it is because the people, uh, many Christians, doesn't know exactly who is Jesus is. Uh, church of grace suffers today of not having permanent church members. I don't know all you have lost that, but it happens, it's very common in Africa, it's very common in America, where people are not sticking to their churches. Keep on moving from there. People are visitors in, in churches. And you know why? And you know why? People, they don't know exactly for why Jesus came. They keep on looking for miracles. Looking for miracles. When someone worshipped in this church for two years, when he was trusting God for breaking us, all of a husband, all of a, uh, for a wife, all for promotion, he stayed for two years without happening it, then we say, and it doesn't have enough anointing, it could go somewhere else. He will go somewhere else. But if someone really understands the reason why Jesus came, he will know for sure and be grateful for what Jesus did for him. He said, it's okay, what I needed mostly, Jesus fixed it for me. The rest will come, it is okay. It is okay. Very important. Very, very important. Very, very important. God desires and expecting us to worship Him, to pray in spirit and in truth. What we call to worship us, to worship us.
It will be John chapter 4 from number 1. I'll read a couple verses. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back more to Galilee. Number 4. Now he had to go through Samaria. He came to a town in Samaria called the session, near the broad of ground Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob was well over there, and Jesus said as he was from the journey, sat down by the well, it was about noon. Number seven. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask for a drink? For Jews not associate with the Samaritans. Number 10. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who is that is asking you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you uh, living water. Number 11. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from himself, uh, as did as his sons and his uh, livestock? Number 13. Jesus said, answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never be thirsty again. Indeed, the water I give him will come in them a spring of water, uh, wading up to eternal life. Let us just jump uh, to number 21. Number 21. Woman, Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the two worshippers, when uh, a two, uh, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. Number 44, the last. God is spirit. 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 And the worshippers must worship um, him in spirit and in truth. God of ours, brothers and sisters, whom we believed, whom we followed, one of expectation is for us to worship him in spirit and truth. God is looking for the true worshippers, the people who offer to worship him in spirit and truth. I try to list down uh, the qualities of a true worshipper. A true worshipper, a person who worships God in spirit and truth, will worship God without any condition, unconditionally. Let me remind you something, human beings, sometimes we put thousands and thousands of conditions to God for us uh, to worship Him or to allow Him to be our Father or our God. 
I was in the church one time in Liverpool, in the United Kingdom. And uh, this was the church for both blacks and uh, and the whites. Most of many churches in the United Kingdom, when it's blacks, they are blacks, and white is white. But this was a mixed up blacks and uh, uh, and the whites. So about ten years back, I was the guest speaker in there. After I preached, uh, we did something practical. Eh? This was prayer. prayer. We moved after again. There was no permanent seats like the, eh? I think this was not was not permanent. Yeah, it was like those ones. They removed all of the seats and we prayed in the church. Then I happened to hear uh, a sister who was uh, praying to God. She was a white wife. She was trusting God for husband, one husband, and the promotion. Then I had her praying to God, asking for handsome husband and also promotion at her place of work. In her prayers, she promised, she said, God, if it happened to do those two, I will wash to you. You will be my God. Then I got hold of her hands. And I took her assent to confront her and to cancel her. I got hold of her hand and he took her assent. I said, Look, your sister, don't give any condition to God. God is your God before He has given your husband or before you have been promoted. Why are you giving him conditions? The most important thing are for you go fix it later on the cross. Yeah. Why are you giving him a condition of, your, of, of what he must do for you so that you can worship him? Yeah. That is wrong. You must not do it again. He said, thank you so much. I was a pastor by that time. She said, thank you so much, pastor, for your help. In the book of Daniel, chapter 3, there is a story in the way whereby a king of the land set up an idol and he ordered all the people of the earth or of the country to go down in the worship of the image that he had set apart. The three Hebrews, the three Hebrews said no. Because for them, they are offered to worship God in spirit and truth. They said no, we are not going to go down. We are not going to obey. To obey you, we have refused. Then the king asked them, Who will save you from my hand? I'm the king of the land. When I say yes, no one can say no. If you happen not to put down in the wash of the idol, which I have said you are going to be thrown in the fire, who will save you? Who will save you? Who will save you from my hand? Number 18. I like number 18, chapter 3. Number 17, the three Hebrews told the king that our God will save us from our, your hands. But the verse I like mostly is number 19, which says that even though he doesn't. Even though. <laughs> Very challenging. Even though. Even though he doesn't. We want to let you king know that our God will save us from your hands. But even if though he doesn't do so, we want to let you know that you cannot go to go down in 
the worship of the image which we have set apart. God is looking for such people in our days. The people who will serve, who will serve him without any condition. The people who will go to church just for the sake of the kingdom of his, without any condition. Without any condition. And I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, it's only that human beings, we are not uh, thankful. God has done a lot for us. God has done a lot for us. But it's our weakness. We never get contented. I was surprised uh, uh, some few years, I mean, in fact, some few weeks back, I saw on TV Australians complaining about your anything or whatever stuff. Remembering, I'm, I'm uh, forgetting that Australia is the past, the best health care in the world. Okay. I work for the United Nations. Countries are being listed. Their staff are being listed. Australia has the best, the best, the best ever in the world. But I was surprised to see Australians complaining about their health care stuff. I laughed in my speech. I said, I wish they knew that they have the best. They have the best in the world. We always put conditions, conditions, a true worshiper. He will worship God unconditionally, without any condition. Without any condition. Without any condition. Without any condition. God, He doesn't get uh, to give me a compass for, for me to worship Him. He's worthy to be worshipped before I get a car. God doesn't need to give me a job first for me to, to worship Him. He deserves honor and glory before even I get the job. Simply, God is our God. God is so loving. He loved us so much when he sent his son to die for us. Not only, actually, this work of salvation, uh, the love of God, uh, it's not new in the Bible. In the Old Testament, I took, I took time to make a study, and uh, I happened to see someone who is looking like Jesus, like in the Old Testament. Someone who is looking exactly like him, I was so surprised. I took them to read the Bible, the Old Testament, the book of Genesis. And I discovered someone, sister, can you do me a favor? Just come and read for us the striking similarity between the life of Joseph and of Jesus. Just do that for us. was the beloved son of Jacob and his favourite wife, Rachel. Jacob preferred this son above all other sons and his daughter, Dinah, and made him a coat of many colours. Jesus, too, was the beloved son of his father, as it is written in Matthew 3, 17. Joseph was hated by his brothers. Jesus, too, was hated by his Jewish brothers and still is to this very day. Joseph was known as the dreamer, he had prophetic dreams that revealed to 
his brothers and the Gentiles, Pharaoh and his servants, what was going to happen to them in the future. Jesus was also a prophet who predicted to his generation what was going to happen. Jacob, Joseph's father, sent him to visit his brothers and wish them peace. Although Joseph was well aware of their hostility towards him, he obeyed his father and kept his commands. Jesus was sent by his father into the world. Jesus knew the consequences, but did it willingly and lovingly. Joseph's brothers seized the opportunity and decided to kill him. But finally they changed their minds and they decided to sell him instead to Gentile Midianites for 20 pieces of silver. Genesis 37:28. The Jewish leaders also sought to kill Jesus. And when one of his disciples finally betrayed him to them for 30 pieces of silver, they handed him over to the Romans. Joseph's brothers stripped him of the garment that symbolised authority and dominion and threw him into a pit. Jesus was stripped of all his clothes, crucified, and afterwards buried in the pit of the tomb. Soon after his arrival in Egypt, Joseph faced severe temptation and withstood it honourably. Jesus too, at the very beginning of his ministry, was tempted severely by Satan. But Jesus withstood all of these temptations without sin. Joseph suffered imprisonment for what he had not done. Jesus too was innocently punished for our sins, which he himself had never committed. Joseph spent over two years in prison before he was raised by Pharaoh to be the second in the kingdom. Jesus spent two nights and three days in the grave before he was raised by God in power and great glory. Joseph was anointed second to Pharaoh. Joseph was appointed second to Pharaoh over Egypt. Jesus was appointed king over the nations, and he sits now on the throne at the right hand of God in heaven. Psalm 110, 1. Joseph was made the provider who distributed the grain not only to the Egyptians, but to the entire world that suffered from hunger. Jesus, as the bread of life, John 6:48, sustains the whole world with his grace and merciful love. Joseph's brothers came down to Egypt to buy some food because of the severe famine in Canaan at the time. And finally they appeared before Joseph. The children of Israel, the brothers of Jesus, starve today spiritually, and those of them who come to Jesus receive the bread of life from him. Joseph recognised his brothers, but they did not recognise him. Jesus knows well all of his Jewish kindred, although their eyes are still blinded so that they do not recognise him. Joseph treated his brothers roughly until he proved to his complete satisfaction that they had repented wholeheartedly. Jesus is still waiting until his family, the Jewish people, acknowledge their sin and need for salvation. Joseph revealed himself to his brothers and told them, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. Genesis 45.4 Jesus will soon reveal his true identity to the house of David after pouring out on them the spirit of grace and supplication. Then they will look on him, who they have pierced, Zechariah 12.10, and acknowledged 
they had sold their brother, their own flesh and blood, to the Gentiles. Joseph told his brothers not to be angry with themselves because they had sold him, because God had sent him before to preserve their lives. Genesis 45.5 He said to them, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Genesis 50.20 Likewise, the children of Israel are not aware of what are not aware of what they were doing when they delivered Jesus to the Romans to be executed. But even on the cross, Jesus cried out, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Luke twenty three twenty four. God brought good out of this and used the rejection of Jesus by the Jews to bring salvation to us Gentiles. Joseph invited his brothers to come and live in the land of Goshen because of the famine. Jesus also reserves places in his kingdom for his people, the Jewish people. Can you something there? Can you see something there? Can you see Jesus led uh, in the Old Testament? See the love of God. So this business of God loving us, it's not new. Since then, God has been loving his people. So because of that, he deserves um, to be worshipped unconditionally, without any condition. I have listened anything to share with you. You know, worshipping God unconditionally is one of the qualities of a true worshippers. If you want to be recognized by God as his true followers, we should offer willing to worship him without any condition. Unconditional. Because God our God has done a lot for us. What about denying ourselves? It's also one of the qualities of a true worshiper. The Bible encourages us to deny ourselves and follow Jesus. This is all being kingdom-minded. To have the minds of the kingdom. To be thinking much about the kingdom of God. I was so happy when one of the stars, Australian stars, offered not to hide his face. Yet he knew the consequences that he would suffer. I was so happy. I was so happy. He denied himself. Israel denied himself. He denied himself and risked the contract of millions and millions of dollars. And I believe God is looking for more for more people like Israel who deny themselves and offer not to hide their faith. And I believe also that God will also use the Prime Minister, whom you are blessed with, a Christian today, for the protection of the scripture study in your country. Because it's like shaking, it's being shaken. I trust God can use him. I trust God can use him. What about obedience? A true worshiper will offer to obey God. Will offer to obey God. A true worshiper will be obedient to the word of God, will be obedient to the commands of God. One of the commandments, uh, a great commandment that Jesus gave to us was to make more disciples to witness. To witness. The church of today are we witnessing? 
Do you know, brother and sister, you have a very big child in the church today. Instead of converting, the converted one, we convert. I mean, instead of converting uh, the unleashed, we convert the converted one. That's the suffering. One of the problems the church of Christ is suffering today. It's one of the reasons why Islam is growing more than Christianity. Islam today is growing more than Christianity. Simply because they get, uh, they give birth first to the kids and make them grow as Muslims. For us, our children, are nowhere to be seen in the church. And let me challenge you, uh, uh, brethren and sisters, especially the Westerners, where is your children in the church, especially those between 16 and 13, where are they? Because they are not seen anywhere. They are not seen when they attend Sunday school. Where are they? Where is your children? Where are they? I once stayed in the, in the house of a friend in Sydney. This brother had a girl of 15 years. And when he had just visited dinner at half past seven, she received a call from uh, someone. Said, Judith, can you come and go for dancing? She told her dad, Dad, a friend of mine has called me that we go to Sydney to go, we go uh, uh, somewhere in the club for dancing. And uh, daddy said, no, it is too late. She said, no, daddy, I want to go. If you, if you refuse me, I'm going to cry. She started crying. Daddy said, it is okay, I'm sorry. You can't go. I'm sorry, Julius. You can't go. I turned to him. I said, look here, brother, you are doing the wrong thing. No one can love you as your, your daughter the same way you love her. No one can protect your daughter the same way you can protect her. By the way, when are you going to teach your child to obey you, to, 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 to be submitting to the word of God? Because the word of God says that a children must obey their parents. When are you going to teach your child to obey you, to be obedient to you? Why are you trying to make your child understand that the head of this house, you are the head, why are you handing your responsibility to someone else? Why are you doing that? You know, you know, Matuf, I'm sorry, you know this culture. I said, don't try to educate me. Don't say anything about the culture. It is you who has opened the door for your daughter at this time. Now she's out. My daughter didn't come back. She told her dad that I'm coming back before midnight. She never came back and she turned off her phone. The father was worried throughout the night. He knocked my bedroom in the stillness of, in the, stillness of, the, of the night at the in the morning. Said, Mato, come and play with me. My daughter is nowhere to be seen. I didn't know even the prayers to offer because I knew that his brother really missed the mother. Tomorrow in the morning, the daughter turned on the phone and she called dad. Dad, don't be my daughter. No, don't, don't mind about me. I'm fine. I'm fine. She turned off the phone. She never came back for, uh, for the whole day. She stayed also for the second night. She called it dad the following day. Second, second day. 
and said, Dad, I'm okay, I'm okay. Dad was waiting for three good days. He got had nowhere to be seen. Then on the fourth day, it was a call from the police. The daughter had been arrested with some other teenagers taking drugs.
Lord, we ask you to intervene, protect your people. Protect this country in the name of Jesus. Protect this country. Father, we ask you to protect this country. Protect your people. Cover this land with the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. And mostly, we ask you to make your people understand you know, the need of knowing you more. The need of salvation. The need of salvation. Father, we bless you. Father, we thank you. I want to thank you for this opportunity to share with my sisters, my brothers. And I want to ask you, Father, to use the words which I've shared with them for the expansion of your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, and we all say, I want to invite Mrs. Bowden to come. Thank you so much, brothers and sisters, for the attention and for the opportunity to share with you. Mrs. Bowden.